Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today, we're talking to Kaylee Alyssa. Kaylee is a yoga embodiment coach and new mom. She created and runs the Kaylee Alyssa app, which is a platform where she shares what she's learned in the realms of yoga, meditation, yoga nidra, and astrology. Kaylee started the app in 2021 as a digital touch point to share her classes and remain intimately connected to her community during the global pandemic. While the app is new, her content comes from nearly two decades of experience as a leader in the wellness world. As she continues to learn and grow, she is drawn to working with women, mothers, including Mother Earth, and humans in intimate relationships. Over the past few years, she created a mentorship program called Make Wealthy Moves that helps women launch service-driven wellness businesses. She has led retreats around the world, taught at major festivals like Lightning in a Bottle and Wonderlust, and launched Aura Uplifting Ceremonial Mist, a collaborative project with Kelly's Collective. Everything Kaylee shares with you comes from her heart, from what moves her. And after taking one of her in-person classes a few years ago at a workshop and recording this episode, I can undoubtedly say this is a fact. Kaylee has such a beautiful and contagious presence that only enhances the years of knowledge she shares and leaves you feeling empowered to make changes in your life that serve your truest self. In this episode, Kaylee shares how to best start a yoga and meditation practice if you've never tried it, nor been successful at making it a habit. We also discuss how yoga makes us not only physically stronger, but mentally stronger as well, and how she incorporated meditation as a new mom and the positive effect it had on her journey in these first few crazy months as a new mom. And for all of our moms or soon to be mom listeners, Kaylee shares how she balances her business, spending time with her beautiful daughter, Sunny, and her own passions like swimming. I also have to say the time Kaylee chose to practice her meditations each day to keep the habit going is genius. So stay tuned. Kaylee, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show, not only as a new mom like myself, which we were just saying we could go on and on with just talking about our personal lives, but I'm so happy to have you on to really share your journey with yoga, meditation, and how you've turned it into your career. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we could definitely talk for days. Oh, I mean... There's uh, so many transitions, so many things, um, which we may actually at the end, I did ask some of our moms if they have any questions for you. And we did have a few, so hopefully we can get to those, but I'd love for you to just start off with telling us and our listeners about your journey with yoga meditation, how you got into it and then how you turned it into your career. Yeah. I love talking about this because this is the type of person that I love working with is someone who's transitioning to live the life of their dreams full time. Um, So I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. (laughs) In college, I studied business. I entered in chemistry. I thought I was pre-med. I was all over the place. Went to nursing school for a year. Anyway, I landed in finance (laughs) and I was working um, in private banking for Wells Fargo and I was a trust associate there. Um, And I was definitely not happy there, but it checked all the boxes. At the time I was married married my high school sweetheart. We were both having these, these jobs were paying really well. We had savings, we had 401k, we were living in San Francisco, living this awesome life, but I was so unhappy. And I, um, I, I always say this to my clients, but you either jump 
or you get pushed. And I thankfully got a little push from the universe. Um, and I say thankfully, because sometimes jumping is really hard. You have to take a leap of faith and it, it, it can be so challenging. I've taken many other jumps since then, but I got pushed because our department was cut in half. I got a few months of severance. I was supported by a primary, um, my spouse who was, you know, bringing the money into our family and I didn't have to, I had, I had security there. Um, and so I had a few months to figure out what I wanted to do. And as I had been working at the bank, I started teaching yoga on the side just for something fun. I had, I didn't know anybody in San Francisco and this girl invited me to a yoga class. I went to class. There was a teacher training sign on the counter evenings and weekends. I was like, perfect. My partner at the time, he was working all the time until like two and three in the morning. And I was by myself. I didn't have friends. And so I jumped into this teacher training, not knowing anything. And I fell in love. It like immediately gave me a community. It immediately connected me back to my soul, which I hadn't felt connected to in a while. And it gave me a sense of there's something more. Um, There's something more to my career. There's something more to my life. And um, so yoga kind of like, you know, sent me on a trajectory. And when I left, lost my job at Wells, I started teaching full-time, not as something I thought I'd do forever. I was, I was very much so intent on finding my next career, and it was not yoga. It was going to be something else. And um, we moved to L.A., and in moving to L.A., I started going to all the yoga classes I could with, like, the hardest teachers. At the time, it was Brock and Krista Cahill from the Turtle Tribe, and I would practice Yoga Works Main Street, Vinnie Marino, and... And then I just started getting all these opportunities. I started getting um, offers to teach at studios that were, you know, well-regarded in in Los Angeles, which is one of the meccas of yoga. I started getting modeling jobs for Hardtail. Aloe Yoga reached out to be one of their ambassadors. And this was like before Aloe was cool. Nobody knew of Aloe Yoga yet, you know, like they were making some questionable clothing items at the time. And I almost said no. (laughs) And um, thank God I didn't. Yeah, thank God he didn't, Kaylee. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a, that was a massive, just here you go from the universe. And, you know, that's another thing I teach my clients is, you know, synchronicity is hyper synchronicity. They're the language of destiny. And you know, you're on your path, you know, you're following your destiny when those things show up like that. And so I, I just took a step back in LA. I was like, wait a second, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I'm teaching here and I'm making good money here. And I, I just, something within me was like, this feels good. Not only because I'm I'm able to make an ends meet, but it felt good in the first place to me. It felt good in my body. It felt good in my soul. It fed me up. It filled me up. And so I knew, okay, I'm just going to follow the good fields. I don't know if this is my forever thing, but I'm going to keep going with this and see where it leads. And now here I am today. Um, and in the process, I went through a divorce, um, you know, and found myself single for the first time in Los Angeles since I was 14 years old. So that was interesting. Um, and just it was really like a coming of age of finding myself of connecting back to my intuitive centers and um, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of hard work in the process. No, but it, it's funny. Kid. I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't know that part of your story. I had no idea you started in finance. <laughs> Not many people but, do, <laughs> but it's so interesting just hearing you say like, I was going to follow those good feelings and I was going to like, you still hadn't convinced yourself it could be your career for a while. And so many of us, I feel like we're ingrained to think that we shouldn't love our career. (laughs) Like if it feels good and you like it, 
that's, that's not what you should be doing. Right. It's like, and now I do think more and more people are starting to follow their passions more so, but it's so good to hear you say that. And then also for people to see how well it worked out, because typically when you are following, right, your passions or what you're aligned with, things do come together, right? Or you're, the universe is handing you more opportunities. And now looking back, I mean, could you even imagine another career? Definitely not. I mean, I could, I could be like a marine yeah. biologist. I could be so many other things, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, that's a be- beautiful thing about where I am now is I'm at a place where my business is established. Um, I can be creative and I can play and I can dream up new areas, new com- completely different industries that I can like dip into and, and get involved in and learn about, you know, and creating space to be a continual student is something that fills me up and fires me up. And then if I learn something that I would then want to teach or then want to bring to my community, it, it just in, in, enriches everything that I do. Um, but I do want to go back to the point that you made about, isn't it funny that we think we have to not like our career or we think we have to be in, we have to like work, 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 grind, 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 hustle, 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 you know? And it is funny. And, and it's, I, it, it's actually not funny. It's, it's awful that we have that. And, you know, I think we grow up thinking that the only way we can have stability, the only way that we can feel safe is by having money. And the only way to have money is by playing by the rules and by following the structure. You go to school, you get a good job, you have a 401k, you get married, you have babies. And right now, the beautiful thing about our um, kind of our age range, I would say, is that we're questioning all of those things. We're questioning these structures that are put in place. And if you look at the astrology of our time as well, we're, we're questioning everything. We're looking at the foundational components of our society and structure at large. And we're being like, this isn't working. And before we can build a strong foundation that is, we have to pull apart and break apart everything. It's got to crumble. And so it's the same for us as, as individuals. Like I hit rock bottom. I, I was fired. I lost my job. Well, I guess not fired because I got severance. It was a, anyways, technicalities, but you know, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was in a marriage that I was just unhappy in. I still love the man to this day. He's an amazing human, but I, I was unhappy and I was living in a place I didn't love. I didn't have a community. I, you know, all of this, all the things, all my foundational pieces were off and out and broken. And so I had to just slowly rebuild those things to what did feel good, you know? And, and that's, I think I, I always say that follow the good feels. And if you can do that, and if you first break apart all the things that aren't working and then start to structure and build upon that, you know, I think we're getting there. I think less and less people are like, I don't have to, I don't have to do this. I don't enjoy this. This doesn't fill me up. No, I agree. And do you find Kaylee that like following the good feels right. And following, you know, your passion for yoga and teaching, did that then affect your personal life? Like, let's say with your divorce, did it finally push you to face some of those feelings if you were unhappy and like realign everything else? There's this funny thing that happens, and I don't know if you've noticed this. Do you know many yoga teachers in your life? Yeah. Okay. Whether it's yoga or some other industry in a wellness space, um, what happens in yoga, I'll speak to that, is typically people come to a yoga teacher training, they go through their yoga training, they quit their job, they break up with their partner, they get a new dog, they move to a new house, whatever it is. All the foundational pieces shift. And while some of us do need that, some of us are in things, you know, places that are just not good for us. And we need to change that. It's, it's also important to learn that 
we don't all have to be yoga teachers once we go through yoga training. We don't all have to be nutritionists once we get, you know, like there are things yeah. that we can learn that are so beneficial that can augment what we're doing. We need lawyers who go through yoga teacher training programs and practice. We need lawyers who practice and embody the practice. We need real estate agents who do that. We need teachers who do that. And so, well, I think it's important when you go through these transformational life-changing experiences, you do modify things accordingly. I think it's also important to not like break everything down and throw it out the window. So for me, yes, yoga was like, yoga was the the portal that opened those spaces in me that was like, things have been so out of alignment, which I already knew before yoga, but it, it filled me up and it gave me comfort and love and made me feel whole. And it helped me to, to find my intuition, which I had lost. I couldn't hear what I needed. I couldn't hear what was um, like vital and important to me. And in terms of my marriage, we started dating when I was 14 years old. I hadn't even had my period yet. He was the love of my life. And still to this day, I believe we are soulmates. I love him dearly. He's such a good man. And I sabotaged the shit out of that relationship because I, I needed to have experiences that were other than my my relationship with him. I was, you know, we were so young. I didn't know who I was and I needed to find out who I was. I went about it in a very bad way, but I, I learned a lot from that. And I think that it's a big piece of who I am now when I speak to relationships with my clients and with how I show up with my, my partner right now, Ben, um, it taught me a lot. And so it was hard, but I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, no, we talk a lot about on the show. Okay. Like So part of our show, obviously we talk about health and wellness, but a big piece of it is happiness. Um, what we can do to feel more happy. And a lot of it is just living, you know, if you want to say living in your truth, right. Or feeling more aligned, but noticing like there's that trickle down effect of even if you change one thing that you're getting a little bit closer to being more aligned or, you know, living in your truth it does have this ripple effect in other places, which not to say, like you said, things don't have to always be broken, but like some minor adjustments and things like that. So even taking a step, you know, thinking about today's episode and for our listeners taking a step, if you've never tried yoga and you've always wanted to start a yoga practice or a meditation practice, Mm -hmm. sometimes just doing one small thing, like what if Kaylee, you never went to that yoga class? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's trying new things to see what feels good. And then, like you said, following that feeling, um, I'm curious because we're already on the subject of yoga and I do want to talk about meditation and setting intentions. What would you say Kaylee is yoga for you and how did you, how was getting back to it after having your daughter, Sunny? Good questions. Yoga um, for me is like the best friend who's kind of always there. Sometimes I move away from it. Sometimes I come back to it and it feels so good to come back. And sometimes I need a break because when I was pregnant and even after having Sunny, my body can't handle as much yoga as I used to practice. My joints are also stretched. I had a few little low back things before having her and after it's gotten so much worse, you know, like pelvic bowl and all of the things that stretch out. So I can't do what I used to do in my practice. My practice looks very different than it used to. Um, And so it's also been a good teacher. Yoga is a really good teacher. And I think for those who have never done yoga or meditation, if you're listening to this, it can be scary. It can be scary to jump in. And the number one excuse I get from people when I hear why they're not practicing yoga, they're like, oh, I'm not bendy. And I'm like, 
yo, if all the bendy people did yoga, there'd be no point, you know? <laughs> and the, it, that, that's just speaking to the physical, but yoga is really interesting because there's so many different teachers. There's so many different styles. There's so many different egos and you have to really navigate what lands for you. So I would say if you're just starting out, try a bunch of different teachers, try a bunch of different styles and you'll find someone that resonates with you. There, there's so many out there. You'll inevitably find one, um, you know, and, and give it a chance, give it a shot, stick with it for a little bit. Cause it takes some time to find that same with meditation that you, that even that word can be scary meditation. So just close your eyes and sit with yourself in silence, you know, <laughs> think about it in that way for, for five minutes. That's it. Um, so I think, I think really the onus is on us as teachers to make things more accessible. And I think we have been going on a path where it like, we're creating these rock stars, these um, personas, and that's a little scary because we need embodied leaders. And I think the biggest thing having Sunny for me in my practice has shown me where I was out of authenticity, where I was out of alignment in my practice and as a teacher. And that's, that's been one of the biggest gifts that my daughter's brought me. Like, I don't have time for that shit anymore. Uh, I'm so in alignment. And even when it comes to just who I'm allowing in my space, in my energy, in my life, you know, whether it's digitally with my avatar or in person with me. So yeah, that's been a, that's been awesome. I'm so grateful to that. I had first of all a girl and second of all, had that, that learning with her. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, you really just don't have time for any of the extra BS. Mm-mm. Um, I'm glad Kaylee that you brought up trying a bunch of different classes and a bunch of different teachers because there are, there are so many styles. I mean, I even know for like my husband and I, we like completely different styles of yoga, which stinks because we're like, Oh, let's go to yoga <laughs> class together. But then we can't agree on what class to go together. Yeah. And yeah. But now, that's also your sacred space. You know, you get yeah. time to go when he gets time to go. So, Oh, exactly. And now with, you know, a baby, it's also very hard we have to get like childcare if we'd like to go together, but get my app, do it online. Yeah. If you do that way, you can so do it at home. That's what I was just going to say was I found like my personal practice has shifted from unfortunately being in studio to being at home, but I've realized I love it at home Mm -hmm. and you can get in, you know, when you go to class, right. You're not going to leave in the middle. Like if it's an hour long class, you're not going to leave at the 30 minute mark. That's (laughs) not, not typically, but I have, I have done Yes, You can do it. You can. Um, but I love that even, you know, something I found that worked was like just doing a 15 minute yoga in the morning, because that was all the time I had. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who says, you know, they're not, they don't do it because they're not bendy. I have the tightest hamstrings on planet earth, or at least that's what I'm, I think I do. And I still do it and it's hard. And that's for also people who say like, Oh, yoga is not a workout. It's not hard. Like, well, I challenge you to do yoga a few days a week and then come back and say how you feel about it. Or they but, haven't found the right yoga class. Cause there's a ton oh, of now true. there's many teachers so, out there blending, you know, like FRC and other mm-hmm. modalities with yoga. So yeah, exactly. It's not always just your gentle yoga class, but mm-hmm. I love that now you can really find a yoga and same with meditation too, that works for you. That works with your timing um, that works with whether you can be in studio or go somewhere or just be at home. Yeah, I think, I mean, I miss studio teaching because there's such an energy in yoga. We call it the bhav. There's like a bhav, you know, it's the vibe. Yeah. And I miss that vibe. It, it's so yep. beautiful to watch mm-hmm. all these humans moving together in a sea of sweaty bodies. And um, that's special. 
And that being said, what's also special is cultivating a home practice. And that is hard. That's harder than going to a studio class for a lot of people because you're sitting with yourself and motivating yourself to practice. You get to a studio, there's the energy of everybody else. You're like, all right, I'm here. I can do this. You got to show up, but you can do it. If you're, yeah. if you're at home, you're right. You can cut out early. You can stop. You can do two minutes. You can cheat. You can, you know, all of the things. It's like when you're in a spin class and the teacher's like, turn the dial up 10 notches. And you're like, half a notch, yeah. but I'll be 10, 10, you know, and it's the same. And so I think the beauty of what happened in the past few years um, with taking our practices into our intimate spaces is that people have learned how to cultivate a home practice. And that yeah. is invaluable to be able to do that because you can do it anywhere. You got yourself and you got your practice, no matter where you are in the world. That's powerful. And that's, that was the impetus for me creating the app is I was, I was at home and I couldn't teach people in person anymore. And I wanted, I still wanted to teach that feeds my soul. And I, and I still wanted to connect with my community. And so that's why I created my app. And then I think there will never, there will, studio classes are always going to exist. And we might go through waves of what we experienced the past few years in our lifetime again, who knows, but they'll always be there, you know, off and on, but your home practice, that's your foundation. That's what we all like. I mean, that's a big deal to have something like that. Yeah, no. And it's like you said, it's, it's tough to get in the rhythm of it, but I find if you stay committed to it, like I look forward to it now and it's so great. And I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, Kaylee, because you've been obviously practicing yoga for a while, but also have gone through, right. Like you just had sunny not too long ago. Like you've gone Mm -hmm. through also different transitions. How do you find yoga makes you not only physically stronger for people who are, you know, want to still want to get a workout in, right. Or, Mm -hmm. um, but also mentally stronger. Um, when you come to my app, part of the slogan that you'll see is work out and work in. So I always joke when, you know, you, when you first come to yoga, most of the time, at least in our Western culture, it's, we, we come for the physical practice. We see all these sexy people in stretchy pants. We're like, I don't want to look like that. So we go to yoga and all these aspirational poses on Instagram, you know, I want to be able to do that. So we go to yoga. And so a lot of the, a lot of the initial experience with yoga and showing up to yoga is for the ego and it's for the physical, it's for our, our outer shell and for our bodies. So whether you come for that or you come for something deeper, you will inevitably get something deeper. Almost every single person who I've spoken to who has ever tried yoga has felt there's something more there. And maybe it's a deeper sense of physical peace. Maybe they move into the meditation realm. For me, that's what happened. Um, or, you know, maybe it's something else entirely. But I think that's the beauty of the practice is you can come for the, the workout, but you inevitably get the work in. And I you know, I've trained in many modalities now for meditation. I've trained in Vedic meditation with Johnny Pollard, who founded the app One Giant Mind. I have done a 10-day Vipassana sit. I've trained in transcendental meditation, which is also Vedic-based. I've done a yoga nidra training. Um, I've done a 10-day intensive with Joe Dispenza. And so I, this is something that's become really a big part of me and what I teach and how I'm showing up now as an embodied leader. And um, if you guys are curious about meditation, listeners out there, there's so I just mentioned a bunch of really good outlets for you to go research. Also on my app, I do yoga nidras and meditations. I just launched a energy center tune-up, which is focusing on each of the different energy centers in the body. And they're 20-minute meditations. So really accessible. All you have to do is sit there, press play, close your eyes and listen. Um, so yeah, I think 
I think for me, it's finding that depth of the practice in a mental capacity um, is where my practice has shifted to. If you're listening to this episode, you're already taking steps to ensure the health of you and your baby. And part of taking care of yourself might be taking a prenatal vitamin. Unfortunately, most prenatal vitamins do not contain sufficient amounts of DHA. An omega-3 fatty acid that is essential during pregnancy and the postpartum period for your baby's brain and nervous system development, and to support a healthy pregnancy, mood, and immunity for mom. Given that pregnant women are advised to limit their consumption of fish, taking a high quality omega fish oil supplement like Nordic Naturals prenatal DHA is often the best way to ensure your baby is getting beneficial omega threes for growth and development. And we didn't forget about our vegan mamas. We offer a vegan prenatal DHA made from sustainable microalgae. Head to nordic.com and use the code naturallywell15 for 15% off one of our prenatal DHAs. How did meditation, Kaylee, help you as a new mom? And how did you make the time for it? As <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> Answer, <Okay>. breastfeeding. <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, you're up at all hours of the day. I just, not last night, but the night before, I was up six times with my daughter and um, she's teething and all the other things are happening. And so when you are up in the morning, when you're like getting up, whether that's a 4.30 or 8 o'clock, you're dead, you're zombified and you got to then feed the baby, feed yourself, start your day, do the things. And it's so hard to be like, I'm going to go take 20 minutes and meditate in silence by myself. You can't, you just can't, it's not possible. And so you have to fit it in where you can fit it in. And for me, that's when I breastfeed. So I sit with Sunny in her room, dark, turn off all the lights. I hold her in my arms and that's when I just drop in and meditate. And most of most days, that's what it looks like. Sometimes now I'm getting in my meditations, which is really nice because we have, we have help now. Um, and then evenings, you know, once I get Sunny down, I can walk right into my meditation station, sit down, and that's when I meditate. So if it's not first thing of the day, you can get in at night. Um, you know, there are also meditation techniques you can do without closing your eyes. There are eye open meditations, walking meditations. Um, there are some breathing techniques that you can consider meditation. Yeah. And so you find what works for you. You fit it in however the F you can, because otherwise we are just letting the day happen to us. We're not creating our day. We're not creating our world. We're just rolling along, treading water, allowing whatever is to happen to happen. And if that's going to be your life, it's so depressing and sad. Like we want to create our lives. We want them to be awesome and amazing, fulfilling and beautiful and juicy and sexy and lovely and exciting. And if you're not, if you're not in the right headspace, you're not going to be doing that. You're just going to be every day is a carbon copy of the next and the next and the next. Yeah. And it's, it's important. I'm so glad you said, it's like, you don't need to have, you know, the fancy space or Mm -hmm. the meditation pillow. You can do it anywhere. I mean, I found, and especially right after having Connor, the only way I got them in was walking meditations because I walked with him in the stroller a lot. And that was, but um, it's funny you say breastfeeding case. Cause I'm like, I probably should have done that. I actually used breastfeeding as the time I did belly breathing. Oh, that's <laughs> great. I'm like, when I'm like, when else am I going to do it? I'm like, I have to pair it with a habit I already do. Well, feed yeah. him multiple times a day. So, yep. mm-hmm. um, that's a but, great practice. Yeah. And it's just, you find what meditations, like you said, same with yoga, what, which ones work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are so many different ones. And for some people, like I still have not mastered, I need like a guided meditation. I haven't really mastered just being able to meditate on my own. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm working on. 
but I think for some people, they think that's the, that's the only way you can meditate. You know, it's just like, no, you have to just drop in because it's hard. It's hard to drop yeah. in without someone guiding you. Um, and I know for me, cause I know Kelly, you had had on your app, you can go, can you go through, like, if you're just starting out to meditate, like go through a progression. That's a great question. So we're working on that. We have a okay. like beginner's introduction to meditation. I love coming. it. I have a program like that already on YouTube, but That's we're, what I thought we're I was going to say, I knew you had had a program, but I wasn't yeah. sure if it was on the app. Yeah. So check out my YouTube page if you want that now. Um, otherwise go to my app and there are, there's so many guided meditations on there. And yeah. the energy center one I just did is great because I infuse different sound frequency behind the meditation. So there's music in the background, as well as the words that I'm saying, as well as a mantra that's taped over that I did with my own um, voice in the background running. And so you just listen and the, the music is powerful and the frequency affects you and impacts you. And it's related to the different energy centers. It's a whole science behind sophisio yeah. frequencies. But I also want to touch on what you said at the beginning. You said, yeah, you don't have to have the meditation cushion and the space and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's so important. And I'm so glad you said that, Kate, because people get so turned off by meditation because they like, do I have to like the incense and then sit on my cushion and have a shawl and, you know, chants on five times. And we can't, one of my, one of my teachers, Johnny says it like this. He says, we can't be so precious with our meditation. We should be able to meditate on the Metro. We should be able to go into a bathroom stall at a busy nightclub and sit on the toilet and meditate if we need to. We should be able to meditate breastfeeding. We should be able to meditate in a park when a whole stream of bicyclists with trumpets and violins, smoking pot and all their costumes come driving by you. Like we should be able to meditate anywhere. And so get rid of the pretense behind it. If you're listening to this podcast, just get rid of all of the conceptions of what it should look like because there, it shouldn't look like anything. Just close your eyes and observe just be an observer, witness what's happening in your head. Like you're watching your, your baby, like you're watching your mm -hmm. two-year-old child or your dog, just observe like, Oh, isn't that interesting? Interesting thought that just came up. Hmm, okay. Next. Rather than like, Oh, I'm thinking that I wonder why I'm thinking that where's this feeling coming from? Why do I, you know, don't source it. Don't source your emotions. Don't source your thoughts. Just let them come up and throw them in the trash. Right. We don't, we don't dig through our trash to be like, Oh, what did I throw away? Hmm. Banana peel, red box, whatever. You know, we just, we just let it move through us and out. And that's the point of meditation. The busier your mind is, the harder it is going to be because you're going to have more thoughts flying around. So the more you meditate, the less and less you'll have to clear out. And the, the, the slower and slower your mind will start to stop to think. But there's another piece of meditation I want to touch on is that people have this idea that we're trying to quiet the mind. It's impossible. Your mind is never going to be quiet. It is going constantly, always, always, always. It's never going to shut off until the day you die. But what we strive to do in meditation is, even though the mind is going over and over and over again, we strive to be the observer. So we're witnessing the mind up here. And we're like, oh, look at that thought, look at that thought, look at that thought. And then in Vedic meditation, they actually say it's an ocean. So I'll go under the ocean, right? So we've got the crazy waves on top and the mind observing those crazy waves up there. And we start to drop deeper and deeper and deeper. Like, look at the thought. Look at the thought. And then all of a sudden, we're not thinking about looking at the thoughts. And we've dropped into this deep place of being. You don't even know what's happening. You don't know what thoughts are going up there on the surface. You're so deep. And then all of a sudden, a bubble. And you're like, oh, I'm back at the top. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Woo, woo, woo. Right? So it's the cycle, this constant cycle of like settling to a space where all of a sudden, you've dipped into this beautiful, deep space. And it doesn't happen every single meditation. Sometimes we no. might just be here the whole time. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. And that's okay. It's great. It's good that you did it because you're clearing stuff out, you know? 
So well, and- I just, I wish meditation was more accessible and people weren't so scared because we all need it. Well, and like you said, it's, I feel like most of the times, Kaylee, when we need it is when we're not at home, not in it, like, right. Our fancy space. It's like, like you said, it's maybe before you're about to go speak to a group of people, right? Like maybe you're in the office and you're feeling anxiety or you're on the Metro and you are thinking all these thoughts and you need a second. Those are the times when we probably have to tap in, but I'm curious. And I've always wondered, and you know what, it's funny. It hasn't come up in other conversations, but has our thoughts, right? Like we're saying our thoughts can be up here, up here. And then as they slowly start to lessen and lessen, is that where mantras come in and help because you're focused? Like if you're saying a mantra, is it, is that to help kind of, I don't want to say lessen your other thoughts, but quiet your other thoughts a little bit more. Great, great question. Great question. So, okay. So the ultimate goal is to drop into a deep space, space of being right in meditation. That's our, that's where we want to get to, but we don't want to be attached to the goal because every meditation is different. And if you're attached to getting there, you're never going to get there. So it's just to observe, right? Ultimate goal we'll say is just to observe, be an observer and witness. So there are all these different techniques to meditate. There's Vedic meditation, which uses mantra, mantra, like aham, meaning I am, or any other mantra, right? Love. You could use any word, a word that's a high vibrational word or two, two words, I am. This is what Johnny Pollard of One Giant Mind teaches. And in um, Transcendental Meditation, you study, you train with them, and when they feel like you're ready to move on and to be a practitioner, they will give you your own personal mantra. Really, you can look them up online. It's based on your age and your gender. Um, but anyway, so they give you a mantra. And what a mantra does is it just a different technique to get you to the same place. So we have mantra-based meditation, Aham, 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 meditate. And the mantra is a tool. It gives your mind something to focus on. As opposed to watching your thoughts, 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 mm-hmm. thoughts, mantra, mantra, mantra. And eventually, like you're focused on the mantra, eventually a thought's gonna, there, there's gonna stop, it's gonna stop. Eventually one's gonna get through. And you're like, oh, I'm thinking about something. And then as soon as you realize, oh, I've, I forgot the mantra, you come back to it. And so the mantra helps you eventually think to that same place. It just gives you something to tether your mind to and focus on. Same as like a, a candle gazing technique. It's called Tritaka in yoga. You light a candle, you gaze at the flame, one pointed focus. And these techniques all help us to get to the same place. A witness-based technique is we observe. We observe sensation in the body. This is like um, Vipassana, the 10-day silent meditation sits, if you've heard of that technique. Mm-hmm. Same, anywhere in the world you go, any Vipassana center, you'll learn the same technique. And it's to witness sensation in the body. And as you observe sensation, it could be pleasant, it could be unpleasant, but the the learning and the knowing is that it's all impermanent. It will come and it will pass. And so you sit. And if it's an itching, you don't itch. You just observe, oh, interesting. My lip has an itch. Oh, interesting. My back is a little achy. Just observe. And as as you drop deep and deep and deep into those sensations, you'll forget that you're observing sensation and you'll get to that deep space of being. So I could say this. I could keep going. I could list yeah. all the different meditation techniques, but really all we need is like all the different religions of the world, but what do they all have in common? Higher power. All the different meditation techniques of the world, what do they all have in common? Connecting to source. Like they all bring us yeah. back to the same thing. So again, it's finding if mantra works for you, use it. If something else works for you, use it, right? The goal is just to get more people meditating yeah. and to get us all to experience that that being. And it's just like the yoga where you have to try a bunch of different 
types and, yes. and people too, because certain voices can resonate with you mm-hmm. and certain voices won't resonate with you. Um, 100%. I'm curious, Kaylee. So like, I know in part of, you know, your app and also what you teach is setting daily intentions. I think for a lot of people, they don't know what, like what examples are of daily intentions they could even set or where to begin, but how do you find setting daily intentions? One helps you, but could you give our listeners just some examples, um, of daily intentions that they could then set and get comfortable with and then set their own? Yes, I can. And I'm actually going to grab a book. I'm in my, I'm in my library space right now. And I think I I have a book here. I want to, as I throw things around, ah, here it is. Okay. So I actually don't set daily intentions. Um, one of the things I teach is yoga nidra and in nidra, we use Sankalpa. So an intention is, a. it can be set daily. You can say my intention for today is to pay attention to how I'm speaking to others, how I'm engaging with others. My intention for today is to be um, positive and uplifting. My intention for today is have harmonious interactions, whatever your intention is. Um, and you know, if you're going to go that vein, I really love this. This is called the five minute journal. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, I use, I use it every day. It's my right, favorite. Yeah. I make all my clients use it. It's yes. the best. It's great. It's wonderful. It's very easy. You know, it's daytime and nighttime. So, you know, the first thing, what three things you're grateful for, what would make today great? What would make today amazing? And then your daily affirmations. I am right. I am productive. I am energized. I am healthy. Mm. I am healed. I am, you know, excited. I'm a magnet for miracles, whatever it is going to be for you. Um, and then at the end of the day, you check in again, right? Uh, three amazing things that happened today. And this is the important part. What would have made today better? Yeah. So that's awesome. If you're going to do a daily intention, just get this book, wake up, take two minutes, write down on it. I think it's amazing. Otherwise, using Sankopa is a deeper practice. And I think it's a longer term um, thing that you use and you stick with. You don't change it on a daily basis. You only change it when you feel that Sankopa has really um, come into the 3D and out of the ether for you. So a Sankopa is a vow. It's a, it's a statement of truth. And it comes from deep within us. And it's something that your heart will share with you. It's a your deepest longing, your deepest need, your deepest um, unexpressed piece of your being, whatever that means for you. And oftentimes it boils down to a feeling of not being worthy most of the time, but there are lots of other things that come up. And what's important is when you're setting an intention or when you're working with Sankopa, that it's positive. So there's you like take the word not out and take the process out already already arrive at where you're going so if you're an example of this is if you're if you have dis-ease in your body i it would be very powerful to say i am healing but it would be even more powerful to say i am healed it has already happened and so we stick with that sankopa until we can really retrain every cell in our body that that's our reality Beautiful. There are so many beautiful teachers out there that help to teach this in different words. Kundalini yoga, you know, there's been a lot of contradiction around Kundalini and Yogi Bhajan the last few years, but there are some really beautiful practices in in that and in that yogic science. Also, Joe Dispenza, he basically teaches Kundalini rising in his meditations, and he's all about healing. And what I love about Joe is that it's quantifiable work. 
So he's doing brain market mapping and heart mapping, and he's even doing blood draws to test people on, on specific markers of where they are pre-meditation and where they are post-meditation. There's so many amazing um, resources out there, but again, um, I think I think daily intention is nice, but don't don't make it unaccessible. Yeah. Right. We all have so many things like, okay, I'll set my daily intention. I'll pull my tarot card. I'll do, I'll do my meditation. I'll make my matcha. I'll go on my morning walk. And then it becomes like a five hour thing we're doing every day. Right. So I, again, it's like, do what works for you and, and don't beat yourself up if you don't do it, you know, and if an intention is nice, great. If the five minute journal works great. Yeah. Um, but don't like, I guess, don't beat yourself up if you don't get that in every day. No, completely agree. And for everyone listening, we'll make sure to link the five minute journal by intelligent change. So, okay. That actually brings something up for me. Cause right. Like we can talk about starting a yoga practice, starting a meditation practice, um, really any habit, but it's more about forming that habit, right. And staying committed to it. So I'm curious because I've watched your commitment to your swimming practice. So I'm really curious if you can share with everyone one, just a little bit about, you know, your journey with like starting, you know, starting to swim and the commitment to it and how you've stuck with it. And I've been so impressed too, with after having sunny, how you got back to it pretty quick and were able to be so committed and make the time for it. Yeah. I, I, so after I had Sunny, I realized that I wasn't making time for myself. Um, and I still struggle with that. I haven't had one night to myself since she's been born and she's 10 months old. So, you know, it's still hard to to do some things. But swimming, I, I was never a swimmer. And when I lived in LA, I was, my and my ex is a big swimmer. He was um, getting really into triathlon trainings at the time. And so I joined this group with him called Tower 26 down in LA. And they do all these cool swims to help train triathletes for races. And they were meeting at 5.45 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I'd wake my butt up and I'd go swimming at 5.45 a.m. And, you know, it started off as being just something I was doing with my my partner at the time um, that he was super into. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. So, you know, he's really into it. I'm going to see if I like it. And I got hooked. I the, the first couple of days I was in the pool, I realized this, this is a meditation. Oh, wow. You know, it's a form of meditation, like rock climbing. It's a meditation, man. You are in a flow state. You're in the water. You can't hear anything but your own thoughts. You're looking down, like you're going for a long time. You're, you know, it's it's so meditative. And I just got hooked. And I noticed also my body felt so good after swimming. I just, I felt healthy. I was also ravenous. I would just eat anything in sight. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> so I, I got hooked. And then when my partner and I broke up and I moved up to Oregon um, with Ben and had Sunny, I I wasn't doing anything for myself and I was feeling really depleted physically and I needed that physical outlet. And I think it was when she was three months old, I told my partner, like, I found this community gym. They have open lap swims. I need to go. I need to go twice a week and I need you to help me make that happen. (laughs) And so he said, okay. Um, And so I go twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it is something that it's, it's just become my thing. It's like, I never thought I'd be a swimmer and I just, something about it. I, I don't know. I just love it. And so it's like, if I don't get that, I'm, I feel differently and I really want it in my life. It's important to me. Were there times Kelly, where it was like hard to keep 
up the habit, especially I'm sure after something, just cause like, I know with swimming too, it's not like you just pop in the pool and you pop out. It's like, no, it's a process, right? Yeah. Like you not only have to like get your bathing suit on, then you get in the pool, then you gotta like get out. Usually you have to rinse off. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's such a process and it's, it's time consuming. Um, but I'm curious, like if for anyone that's trying to start this new habit of trying yoga or meditation and is struggling with like the time piece or just keeping the habit. Is there anything based on your swimming routine that you think can help? I think accountability, and this is another piece that people come to me for commitment, accountability, and showing up. It's really hard to do sometimes and you need to have someone to support you. So even if you're going to a yoga class by yourself or swim by yourself, communicate that with your partner, communicate that with your family, communicate that with a friend. Hey, I really want to do this. It's very important to me. Can you keep me in check? Can you make sure that this happens? You know, when you share it with someone else, you're, I don't even know how many more times likely it's somewhere you can fact check it later, but it's, it's truly means that you're going to show up and you've communicated that with someone else and they're going to keep you in check. You're going to try to keep yourself in check. And so it just amplifies the possibility that you'll actually get there. Like I shared it with my partner, you know, I'm like, this is important. I need to do it. Come, come Monday. He's like, you going to swim tomorrow? You waking up early? I'm like, hell yeah, I am. He's like, good. <laughs> you know, so I've got a little That's cheerleader awesome. and it's really helpful. Um, so I think an accountability buddy is the number one thing I would say. And if you don't have that, then you, you know, you work with someone who could be that for you. Um, and it's something that I work with many of my, the girls and the women that I have worked with in the past on is showing up, committing to something and, and having that accountability. I love that. Um, so I'm curious, Kelly, as we're wrapping up, are there any other parts of your typical daily health and wellness routine that are non-negotiables for you that you do every day and that you find really benefit you? I want to say yes, but to be honest, like, no, <laughs> every day is hard. Every day is hard as yep. a new mom, you know? And so mm-hmm. on my good days, I get in dry brushing. First thing I jump out of bed. It's on my nightstand. Sunny's in the bed. I'm like trying to dry brush and keep her from jumping off of the bed and falling on her head, you know? So that's a good day. Um, maybe I'll get a matcha on a good day too. My partner might make me one while I'm trying to brush my teeth. Um, and th- that's a really good day. Dry brush and a matcha. So those are the two I'll say. Um, and again, I just want to caution everyone listening. Don't get so wrapped up in that. Don't get so wrapped up in the things that you have to have. You know, I think it is important to carve out time and space for yourself. Hell yes. And to start your day on the right foot. And if you have the space for that, by all means, I highly support it, especially if it's a meditation practice, Um, you know, and, but I also want to just say, again, don't be so precious with all the things and don't beat yourself up if you miss one of them. So, you know, we want to be able to travel and still function. If I'm going to Italy and I'm like, wait, I didn't get my morning matcha. I haven't had my dry brush, but like, no, wake up, go experience where you are, live in the moment, be present, you know? So I think there's a, a balance here. And I think the wellness community makes things so, uh, what do I say? It's like, you have to have this. Otherwise you're not really doing a thing, mm-hmm. you know, or I, I, it's hard to, I don't know what words I'm trying to share right now, but <laughs> I, I a, know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're not really in a way, like you're not really practicing health and wellness, or you're not in a healthy state if you don't have all these little things, but something, I, I mean, I found Kelly as a new mom, especially is I found myself in the beginning being like the end of the day. And I'm like, 
I didn't get anything done today. I didn't do anything. And then I just shifted my perspective. I think when I got a little bit more sleep, I was able to shift my perspective to, okay, no, you know what I did do today? I kept a human alive, right? I took care of it with your own body. Yep. When I think about all the things I did for my son that day, I'm like, whoa, I do way more now than I ever did before he was born. And I am more accomplished now than I ever was before, but we do, we can get in this like rut of like, Oh, I didn't even get a second to myself. And which like, yes, we, everyone has those days and those feelings of just feeling completely depleted, but also, and then almost it goes back to like, even the five minute journal, when you have to reflect at the end of the day for those three things that you're grateful for, it's just like realizing, like, go through all the things you did that maybe weren't technically for yourself, yeah, but that you still did things for others. Cause I find when I'm in that state, then I'm more likely the next day to carve out time for myself versus just being in that constant rut of like, no, everyone's just taking from me and taking from me. And we do, we get a little bit down on ourselves. Yeah. You touched on so many things. I'm going to try to remember all the points I want to make, but so good. Um, so first of all, Kate, what you, what you touched on is also this victim mentality. And it's a thing that women experience a lot because we are givers. Women are givers of our body. We're givers of our time of our love. So many other things that, uh, we can get so wrapped up in the giving. We don't create boundaries. We don't create a safe container for ourselves to exist. And that onus is on us and not on anyone else. And so if you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling like at the end of the day, you didn't do one thing for yourself, that you have to carve out that time. You have to express that that time needs to happen. You have to make that happen in your life, right? No one else is going to do that for you. And so it's not playing the victim. It's setting up clear boundaries around your space, your time, your wants, your needs, so that you're happy and healthy and can function and give, right? Because if we are so depleted, we're going to have nothing left to give. So that I think it's super in, in, important part of this, this process of becoming a mom yeah. process. And also, yeah. I am so productive now that I'm a mom. Like I used to procrastinate before. There's no space to do that now because I have an hour and that's all I got. And so I got to make shit happen in that hour and I got to get as much as I can done. Right. And so I just bow down to you as a new mom and uh, like everything that you said, I resonate with and any parents out there, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, like you're doing great. You know, (laughs) it's hard, hard. It's really hard. Um, and honestly, like we said before, kid, I mean, we could go on and on and I'm like, Oh, maybe we should have another episode just talking about being a new mom and what that means and being a new parent, I should really say. Um, but I mean, I've really valued this conversation so much. And before we end, we do always end with a little rapid fire Q and a for our listeners to get to know you better. Um, so first thing that comes to mind, but, and I'm wondering if it's something we talked about today, but what is your favorite de-stressing practice or tool? Ooh, okay. Um, favorite de-stressing. I love salt soaks, like in the um, sensory deprivation take um, or hot bath. That's great. And walks, getting outside. I also am known to clean when I get anxious or anxiety ridden. I just start cleaning the house. That helps a lot. Oh, I wish, I wish my husband was like that. Um, okay. Coffee or tea? Ooh, definitely tea. Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorites? I drink matcha almost every day, um, Mm -hmm. but my partner is British, Ben. And so we have PG tips, the big thing in this household, English breakfast, lavender English, English breakfast, chamomile, any kind of tea. It's always, if anything's wrong, if anything's up, he makes a nice cup of tea. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. My personal favorite, Kaylee, what is your favorite? And it doesn't have to be something you cook. It could be like a memory, um, from someone else that cooks it, but what's your favorite home cooked meal? Ooh, favorite home cooked meal. Hmm. I think like a veggie, a veggie bowl, like a big bowl with rice, warm rice, vegetables, avocados, seaweed, mm-hmm. some kind of just delicious warming medley yeah. like that. I love it. Love it. So good. I know. Mm-hmm. I feel, I always say like, I feel like people are surprised like whenever I get asked a question, I'm like, I honestly just want like a piece of salmon, some sweet potatoes and a really sweet good vegetable. Potato. I'm like, that's all, yeah. that's all I really want. Like it yeah. just tastes so good. And they're like, oh, so typical. And I'm like, no, like that's really, I love that meal. It's like sweet when I come home from traveling. Oh, I, oh my gosh. With, Olive oil. Okay. So I have mm. to tell you, Kaylee, have you ever tried make your sweet potatoes? add tahini, mm-hmm. some, um, tamari or soy sauce, or you can even do okay. coconut aminos, a little bit of lime Ooh, and, lime. um, you can add in either like a little bit of olive oil, ghee, or I'll send you the recipe or butter. Okay. okay. Smear it on top of your sweet potatoes. It is literally life changing. Okay. I got the recipe one time from New York Times, and just like, and you can always just use whatever you have. So if you don't have limes, you use lemons. If you don't mm-hmm. have butter, um, you know, you oh, can I've got use butter, olive oil. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, <laughs> just lather on some Kerry Gold in there, and but it is so good, um, life changing, life changing. But that tonight. I've got sweet potatoes on my table, so that's oh, happening. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll report back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And add in that soy sauce. Oh my god, it's so good. I'll, I'll you know, I'll email you, Kaylee, the the recipe. But I do want to make sure before we go, where Kaylee can people, you know, find you, find your app. Um, how can they connect with you more? Yeah. Um, so number one place is definitely my app. Um, I put a new class every week. I put new programs out all the time, like the energy center tune up. I also do seasonal resets. So, um, next week we'll be filming the new summer reset that's coming out on the June equinox. Um, so there's so much content in there, meditations, yoga classes, breathwork classes. There's even a, a podcast, a few podcast episodes in there. Um, that are just spectacularly. And Kaylee, what's it, amazing. what's it called? Remind everyone what it's called. Your app. It's where just my it. name. Kaylee, Ali- the Kaylee Alyssa app. app. Yep. I keep it real simple. It's everywhere on my <laughs> social media, my website. It's all just Kaylee Alyssa. Very simple. Um, so yeah, otherwise connect with me on social. Um, you can check out my website. I'm in, a, I'm right now in a big rebranding moment. So there'll be a new website. The app is going to look new. Everything's going to be new in the next month, but, um, reach out. I'm, I'm here. Answer any questions. Love it. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much. This has been so much fun and just so nice, you know, to connect with you again and to connect with you in a different space as a new mom too. It it always just fills up my cup and I really appreciate you. It's been so much fun. So much fun. Thank you, Kate. This week, I want you to try pairing your meditation, yoga practice, or intention setting with a current habit you already have. For example, I pair my intention setting using my five-minute journal with my morning matcha. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. 
Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.